Uh, we have two uh, board positions, two deacon positions that we'll be balloting upon that night and also the secretary of the board position that we'll be balloting upon. Uh, nominating ballots must be turned back in today. Pastor, why today? So that we have the opportunity to contact those people that have been nominated uh, and ask them to begin to pray whether they would accept the nomination or not. And so uh, if you have not received your ballot yet, uh, you can get with one of the deacons at the information booth and we'll be glad to get you uh, get your ballot. Uh, but, but please, if at all possible, pray over it. Turn it back in today. Uh, you can turn it in back in as late as this evening service. Uh, and, and yes, it's okay to come back, you know, and be in church tonight. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, that that's always a good thing as well. And so thank you, thank you for being here. Uh, we want to pray uh, over this offering. I'm going to ask my brother Ron, one of our awesome deacons, uh, if he'd ask the Lord to bless the offering today. Amen. Nobody's standing. Y'all need to go ahead and stand up. It's time to worship. Hallelujah. Father, we praise you this morning. We thank you, God, for your presence in this house, Lord. We pray that you would just have your way in our hearts and our minds, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. I have this confidence because the faithfulness of God, the still inside the storm, the promise of the shore, I trust the power of your word, enough to seek your kingdom first, beyond the barren place, beyond the ocean waves, when I
not fear this morning knowing that you have a way prepared before us, God. Father, we thank you this morning that you are always before us and behind us, God. Nowhere that we walk have you not already been, God, and that you already will be, Lord. Father, we stand on those promises this morning, Father. We rest in your hands this morning, God, knowing that you are fully capable, fully willing, and fully ready, God, to attend to all of our needs, Father. Darkness tries to roll over my bones. When sorrow comes to steal the joy I hold. When brokenness and pain is all I know. Oh, I won't be shaken. No, I won't be shaken. Cause my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love.
off every chain His power that can empty out a grave His resurrection power that can save Power in your name Power in your name Sing it. There's power that can break off every chain The power that can empty out a grave There's resurrection power that can save Power in your There's power that can break off every chain. There's power that can empty out a grave. The resurrection power that can save. Power in your name. Power in your name. Sing it again. There's power that can break off every chain. fresh anointing in this building this morning. Father, just rest on us this morning. Thank you, Jesus. 
When it looks like I'm surrounded by the enemy And it feels like hope is far beyond my reach I know the battle, I know the battle, I know the battle The battle is yours, it's always yours The storm it pours its wrath upon my There's a name that's sure to save, it's never failing. Jesus, my salvation and my shield.
to do is start praising your name And the enemy runs away Sing it again Yes, all we have to do is start singing All we have to do is start praising your name And the enemy runs away And I know the battle Many are the battles of this life. It seems like you just get through one battle and you hit another battle. And Many are the battles of this world. Seems like Jesus told us that in this world we'd have tribulation. We'd have problems. We'd have issues. That means battles. But I believe He also told us that we could cast all of our cares on Him because He cares about us, right? I know the battle. I know the battle. It's yours. If we just remember that, if we could get that in our heart, in our spirit, so many times we struggle and, and strive and fuss and fume and fight on our own trying to get to the end of the battle. Or if we just give it to the Lord. Lord, Here's my problem. God, here's my fight. I lay it at your feet. And Lord, I'm not going to pick it back up again and carry it back out the door. But God, I'm going to give it to you and leave it there. Boy, if we could just start praising. If we could just start singing. If we could just start worshiping Him and, and thanking Him that the battle is already won. Man, those battles would be smaller and fewer and farther between. Why don't we today just... Just as a, a symbol of surrender. Lift our hearts and lift our hands and just say, Lord, I surrender all battles over to you. God, I surrender every struggle. I surrender every strife. God, I surrender all my issues of life. Everything the enemy would throw against me, God, I give it over to you. All the things that plague my mind, all the things that keep me awake at night, all, all of the things that stir within my heart and spirit that I never tell anybody about, but I try to deal with on my own. God, I give it to you today. God, you're greater than, you're better than, you're more than, you're, you're capable, Lord, of, of deliverance. You're capable, God, of healing. You're more than able, Lord God, to help and bring hope and wholeness.
Lord, we surrender our hearts and our mind, our soul and our spirit, God. We surrender our finances, our relationship. We surrender, we surrender, we surrender, God. Every struggle, every battle, God, every question that plagues our mind, God, we give it over to you. We cast our cares upon you, Lord, because we believe you care about us. God, we speak supernatural, manifested healing to come to place in this room today. God, we speak divine intervention to step into this room today. We speak miracles, signs, and wonders, God, at your presence, O oh Lord. Oh, Lord, may the pillar of the temple shake at your presence. God, may you come and move in our midst today. God, I pray today that you're glorified, that you're praised, that you're exalted. Come on, just turn your petition into praise now. Would you just begin to thank Him and praise Him? Come on, from the depths of your own heart and in your own words today, can you just let the Lord know how important and how special He is to you, Lord? Lord, you're precious. Lord, you're greater than, you're better than, you're, you're the most important thing in our lives, oh Lord. You're number one, you're the priority. You, you, oh God, are at the top. You rule and you reign, Lord. You're first and foremost, God, above all things of life. We trust you, we believe you, we acknowledge you, God. Oh Lord, you're merciful and you're mighty. Oh, we count your favor, God. We count your favor as blessing. Your perfect love, Lord, with which you've loved us, it drives out all fear, Lord. Where is there fear within your love, Lord? There is none. In you, Lord God, there's hope and healing. In you, O oh God, there's wholeness and restoration. In you, O oh Lord. There's everything we need for life and living. We love you. Oh God, we praise you. He's so faithful. He's so good. He's so true. He deserves so much more than, than our lifting of our hands or the raising of our voices have to offer. He deserves every fiber of our being, I believe. But I'm going to try with every fiber of my being and every cell in my body, every muscle that I have to give Him the praise that, that He truly deserves. Will you join me today in doing that? Come on, let's give the Lord a praise offering. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Blessed be Your name, O oh God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Turn and greet someone. Let them know you're glad to see them today in the house of God. Of glory. Man, it's good to see you guys this morning. Thank the Lord He's good. Amen. Amen. I'm so grateful, so grateful uh, for your attendance. I know that uh, we're, we're living in the days of uh, an increase in, in some of the cases of, of the virus that's, that's flooding our land. Uh, but I also believe that, that God is a healer of all things as well. 
Um, I, I truly believe with all my heart, church family, that it can't be long until this plague is lifted. I said it can't be long until this plague is lifted. Uh, it, it can't be long until we look in the rearview mirror and we see it's behind us instead of in front of us. We're, I, I'm tired of fighting this fight. I'm tired of going through this battle. And, and I believe the Lord is too. Uh, you know, oh Lord. Brother Jerry, I'm about to get in trouble, so pray for your pastor right now, would you? When, when Jesus told... I'm going to preach here in a little bit, but I've got to listen to the Holy Spirit. When Jesus told the, whole, the, the disciples before He left them to go to Jerusalem and tarry. You know, the, the, the Bible talks about how there were over 500 you know, that heard that message. They, they heard Him say, go there and tarry, go there and wait. But the Bible also depicts in the book of Acts that when that day of Pentecost had fully come and they were all together in one place and in one accord, that there was only 120 of them that were there. And so what happened to the rest of them folks? What, what happened to the rest of them? What, what interfered with them tearing? What interfered with them being there and, and ready to receive what the Holy Spirit had uh, to offer them? Was it fear? Was it, was it some problem? Was it, was it a concern that if, uh, if the Romans here that were gathering together or, or are the Pharisees and the Sadducees here that were gathering together, then, then they're going to come and arrest us and throw us into prison and, and the same punishment that possibly Jesus went through may befall us as well? It didn't matter that 120. Guys, I'm telling you, there was a shifting and a sifting that took place. There was a sifting that took place. It, it got down to the serious folks. Y'all shut down on me when I said I was going to get in trouble. It got down to the, to the real people. It got down to the sold out believers, right? How many understand that, that maybe the Lord's doing the same thing again? There's quite possibly a, a sifting that's going on in the, the, the church world today. I'm going to talk about it here in a moment in the message about how Christianity uh, overall in the United States of America is on the decline. Man, it's one of the saddest statistics that, that we can look to. It's one of the saddest statistics that we can point to. But why is Christianity on the decline in the United States of America today? I personally believe it's because we became a, a, a place of entertainment. The church as a whole has become a place of glitz and glamour. And uh, let me entertain you and let me show you the latest styles of, of lights and fog and sound equipment. Listen, it's more than about the lights and the sound. And I didn't come here today for the dress code. And I didn't come here today for the entertainment. I came today to meet with the King of glory. And I, I believe that the true believers in these last days, the sifting that's going on, will be those that are coming for the, the meeting with the King of glory. Those that are coming for an encounter with the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I believe we're here today for the presence of Almighty God. And, and I believe He inhabits our praises. And so join with me one more time right there where you're seated if you wouldn't mind. And let's give Him glory and let's give Him praise. Come on, lift your hands and lift your voice, Father. We praise You in this room together today. We exalt Your name. We glorify You. We, we thank You, God, that Your good and Your mercy endures forever and ever and ever and ever. Uh, Lord, we praise You. Lord, we thank You. Lord, we exalt You. 
We celebrate you, O Lord. You're good, you're good, you're good, you're good. We love you. Hallelujah. And blessing be unto your name. Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, give him another hand clap of praise if you wouldn't mind, please, church. I'm thankful today for the presence of Almighty God. I would submit to you this morning as your pastor, the presence of God is something we need in our lives continually. The, the presence of God is something that we need in our lives every day. Yeah. How many understand that in God's presence there are miracles and signs and wonders that take place? In, in the presence of Almighty God, there is victory, there is success, and there is favor. In God's presence, there is great power. How many believe that this morning? In, God, in God's presence, demonic spirits must be gone. In God's presence, sickness will be changed into healing. In God's presence, broken lives are made whole. In God's presence, chains are broken off and, and they fall to the ground. In God's presence, there is fullness of joy. And I believe with all my heart, this whole world has nothing that they can offer that can compare to the presence of Almighty God. There's no drug that'll get you higher. There's no alcohol that'll get you drunker. There's no relationship that'll make you feel more comfort than the presence of Almighty God has to offer you. And friend, if you've never experienced a true outpouring of the presence of Almighty God, you need to get under the fountain and just say, Lord, pour it out on me today. I love to preach about the presence, and yes, I love to teach about the presence. But even more than preaching and even more than teaching, I like to experience the presence of Almighty God. I believe that the presence of Almighty God is something that His people should be in pursuit of every time we walk in the door of the church. Come on, if you didn't come here today for the presence of God, you came for the wrong purpose. Well, you know, that, that business meeting's next Sunday night, and i got to turn in my ballot. I mean, i got to do my politicking. Well, the preacher just went real, didn't he? Hallelujah. i got to get there and turn in my ballot. I mean, I've got to get that one in there that I want there to be the, the new deacon of the church. Listen, friend, if you're only here to politic, you're here for the wrong reason. If you're only here for the purpose of getting the right people in office, you're here for the wrong reason. But if we're a spirit-filled, spirit-led church, then the right people that God wants in there will be in there. It's the presence of God that's supposed to lead us. It's the presence of God that's going to take us where we need to be. And not man. It's not the preacher that's the leader. It's not the board that's the leader. It's not the people that's the leader. It's the presence of Almighty God that's to lead us. I submit when we walk in the door of the church, we need to be hungry and in pursuit of the presence of God. And when you roll out of the bed tomorrow morning, before you walk into that job that you don't necessarily care about, you need to pray in pursuit of the presence of Almighty God. We need to be hungry to meet with God every day of our lives. We need to be hungry for the renewing power of the presence of Almighty God that will come on our life. A lack of passion for the presence of God only leads to complacency. A lack of passion for the presence of Almighty God will only lead to indifference. A lack of passion for the presence of Almighty God only leads to boredom and complaining and fault-finding and backbiting and rumors and gossip and tearing brothers and sisters in Christ down. Listen, we need the presence of Almighty God more than we need the next breath that we breathe, friend. The greatest passion in life should be for the presence of Almighty God.
The truth is a lot of people have passion, but their passion is ill-placed. A lot of people have passion for the, for the things of the world, the fortune, the, fortune, the fame. They, they've got a passion to see their name and lights or the toys and the glitz and the glamour. Listen, I'm a believer that in comparison to the presence of Almighty God, no matter the riches, no matter the highs, no matter the lows, no matter the whatever, it cannot compare to the presence of Almighty God. And I believe today is a day of passion. We better understand we're living in the last moments before the return of our Savior. He's coming back for a bride that's awake. He's coming back for a bride who's got her lamp ready, trimmed with oil, watching and waiting, anticipating. He's not coming back for a dead bride. He's not coming back for a bored bride. He's not coming back for an indifferent bride. He's coming back for one that's washed in the blood, redeemed by the Lamb. He's coming back for one that's in pursuit of His very presence, watching and waiting. Even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Today is a day of passion. Not a passion for the things of this world or, or the created things of man, but today is a day of passion for the Lord and for His presence. We're going to the book of Isaiah today. If you have your Bibles, please turn there with us. In the bottom in the notation under Isaiah chapter 64 is where we're going. And in my Bible, it says I preached this in February of last year. Let me tell you how your pastor's matured. If I'd have preached this uh, about five years ago and I knew that I preached this a year ago, I wouldn't even touch this passage of Scripture because I've already preached on it once and so I better not go back there again. The people will think I'm repeating a sermon. Listen, I'm preaching what the Holy Spirit told me to preach and it has nothing to do with the sermon I preached in February, so you better get a hold and hang on today. Isaiah chapter 64, verse 1. The prophet Isaiah says, Oh that you would rend the heavens and that you would come down. May that be the cry of the church. Oh God, that you would rend the heavens and that you would come down as fire burns brushwood and as fire causes water to boil to make your name known to your adversaries that the nations may tremble at your presence. When you did awesome things for which we did not look, you came down and the mountains shook at your presence. Let's pray. Father, thank You today again for Your Word. Thank You, Lord God, for the stirring, for the unction of the Holy Spirit. Thank You for every set of ears and every heart in this room. Lord God, I pray for a serious a tone to, to come into the, the voice of the minister today. God, I, I pray that it not be my Word, but Your Word crying out to these people. Lord, creating us a hunger, a passion, a desire, God, for a pursuit of Your presence. Lord, I love You and I praise You. God, may we go after you stronger than ever before. In Jesus' name. And all of God's people agreed and said, Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord one more hand clap if you wouldn't mind, please. The cry of Isaiah was for God to come down. Lord, that you would rend the heavens and that you'd come down. I believe with all my heart today that the declaration from the church, the declaration from the pulpit should be, oh God, that you would rip open the floor of heaven, that you would rend the heavens, and that you would come down in our very midst. Amen. Do a little bit of study in the Word. Isaiah, we find, is a prophet of God. If you were to go back and do a quick overview of the book of Isaiah, what you'll find is that uh, it, it was about a call to the nation of Judah to come back to God. 
back to the place where God had intended for them to be. To turn from placing their trust in themselves and the things of the world and putting their trust back into God. It was a call to the people to turn from their indifference and a call to turn away from their complacency and a call to renew their passion for the presence of Almighty God. Listen, it sounds an awful lot like the United States of America today. Isaiah led this pursuit. His cry was, Oh Lord, that you would rend the heavens and that you would come down. There's no question that Isaiah was filled with a passion for the presence of Almighty God. Isaiah was the leader that stepped to the forefront to lead this revival. Isaiah was the leader who stepped to the forefront to make this declaration. Lord, tear heaven apart and come on down. We have a passion for your presence. Isaiah was the one who set the standard. My pastor taught me a long time ago that the preacher ought to be the most excited guy in the room. Why is that? Because if the preacher's not excited about what he's talking about, if the preacher's not full of fire about what he's talking about, there ain't nobody else going to get excited about what he's talking about either. And so Isaiah stepped to the forefront. Pastor preacher Isaiah stepped up to the front and he said, Listen, God, just go ahead and rend heaven and come down. I submit to you today as the pastor at Long Grove Assembly of God, my cry is God, rend the heavens and come down. We need Him. Isaiah led this pursuit. I, I believe the absolute truth today is that so many churches in America today are completely lacking and devoid of the presence of Almighty God. So many churches in America today are more about performance, they're more about entertainment, they're more about going through the motions than they are about a true divine intervention of God's hand and a pursuit of His presence in their midst. How do you know that today, Pastor? Because most of the people that I encounter who say, yes, I go to church, walk out the door of the church exactly the same way they walked in the door of the church unchallenged, unchanged, undisciplined because the Word of the God, uh, of Almighty God, hasn't been preached. And the fact of the matter is, they didn't have an encounter with the presence of Almighty God which would change them and challenge them. Many churches today are so caught up with the issues of flesh and performance and personal appearance and, and personal preference. Well, I like green carpet. Well, I like burgundy carpet. Well, I like padded pews. Well, I, I like the air conditioner set on about 20. I like the air conditioner set on about 85. Do you know that most disputes in most churches today have absolutely nothing to do with theological issues or, or whether we ought to pursue God's presence or not? They're caught up talking about politics and church junk. We're caught up focusing on the color of the carpet or the padding on the pews versus whether or not what did we do to open the door for the presence of God to come in. And as long as the enemy's got us focused on the color of the pew or the ballot we're going to cast, the presence of God is going to be devoid of our lives. (sighs) Too much focus on theatrics. There's too much focus on the light show. There's too much focus on entertainment. There's, there's too much focus on, on who's preaching or who's singing or how we're going to do it or who, who's going to be doing it. Listen, if we just step out of the way. Lord, I don't want to be seen, but I want you to be seen. God, I, I don't want to be in control. I want you to be in control. If we just step out of the way. Hear your pastor today. I'm not going to get caught up in that trap. I'm not going to get caught up in the trap of what we look like or what we sound like. 
Obviously, by looking at me, you can tell I don't care what I look like. I certainly don't care what I sound like. I know there's times I use words that aren't really words. I understand that. But if you use a word as a word, then it becomes a word. And so... They've got this new urban dictionary that they're continually adding words to. I think I could help them out a lot. (laughs) Guys, we can't. I love you. I've done my very best as as a shepherd to shepherd you. I've done my... I've worked as much as I know to work and done everything I know to do. To fill pews, to to get people to come. Come But you know, here's the truth. The harder you preach the Word of God, the more people you're going to offend. You're not going to please everybody. You're going to hack somebody off. Young pastors, hear hear this pastor today. No matter how hard you try, not everybody's going to like you. To them, you lay hands on rapidly and repeatedly. No, you love them too. Whether they like you or not, you love them. And your heart breaks because you tried to love them. I've tried as hard as I know how to, to to be a good pastor and be a good shepherd to you people. But here's the absolute truth. If we don't have His presence, it don't matter who the pastor is. It doesn't matter who's singing the songs. It doesn't matter who's playing the piano. It doesn't matter what kind of lights we've got. Uh, If we don't have electricity whatsoever, it does not matter if we don't have the presence of Almighty God. So I'm going to do everything in my power to, to pursue His presence with all my heart, with all my life. I've never seen more desperate times than the times that we're living in today. I've never seen more serious times. The the world must have the presence of God poured out in it once again. The only thing that's going to make a difference in our time, the only thing that's going to make a difference in the world and the society that we're living in has got to be God in His presence. And friend, that's got to start someplace. And I've got to tell you, it's not going to start down at the bar. It's not going to start at the casino. The presence of God is not going to be poured out where people aren't searching for Him, where they're not pursuing Him, where they're not hungry for Him, or they have no passion for Him. I believe the presence of God is going to be poured out in a place where people are filled with hunger and passion and desire. It's got to start someplace. It might as well start right here. So what does it mean to have this passion? When people are filled with a passion for God, there's going to be a transformation that's made, a change that's going to come to pass. So what happens when God's presence comes down? When we have a passion, His presence will come down. And when His presence comes down, there's some things that are going to change. There's some things that are going to happen. And the very first thing Isaiah said is going to happen is that mountains are going to move. Mountains are going to move. Anybody got any mountains in the room today? Look with me at verse 1, Isaiah 64. Isaiah says, Oh, that you would rend the heavens and that you would come down, that the mountains might shake at your presence. How many believe today our God to be a great big mountain moving God? 
How many understand today that God's will and God's plan is for us to be blessed and to live in His favor every day? God wants to bless you. Whether you get that or not, whether you acknowledge that or not, God's will for your life is His blessing and His favor. He wants to bless you to be a blessing. He wants to pour out His favor on you so that you can be favorable to other people. God wants to do great and mighty things in your life. And here's another thing I submit to you. God has things that He's called us to do, and God has a place where He's called us to be and to walk in every day. He's called us to do things, and He's called us to be who He's called us to be. But here's the reality. Mountains will get in our way, and mountains will interfere with us being who God's called us to be and doing what God has called us to do. If you'll look throughout the Word of God, what you'll find is that many times through the Word, mountains are referred to as obstacles or problems or hindrances. A mountain can be that thing that that stands in our way that keeps us from doing that thing that God has called us to do. A mountain can be that thing that stands in our way that keeps us from being that person that God has called us to be. Mountains take on a variety of different shapes and forms. Mountains can come in the form of sickness or depression. Mountains can come in the form of financial problems or broken relationships. Mountains can come in the form of peer pressure or a long list of uh, political issues that arise within our lives. The fact is, mountains can come into any life at any time. Mountains can rise up as an obstacle to stand in your way to stop you from being who God's called you to be and doing what God's called you to do. I imagine if we took the time today and went around this room and asked from family to family, from household to household, about mountains and obstacles that were standing in your way today, we could go on for hours because every family has some sort of mountain that you've had to deal with in your life. Amen? The truth is that's the work of the enemy. God does not bring mountains in your way. God does not set obstacles before you that stop you from doing what He has called you to do. How redundant would it be for God to say, hey, I need you to go build churches in Africa and then not provide a way for you to be able to go build churches in Africa. That's not God. That's not the hand of God. That's not the interference of God. That's the enemy that's trying to slow you down and shut you down and keep you from doing what God has called you to do. Can I tell you that when we had the same cry that Isaiah had, Lord, rend the heavens and come down, that the mountains that are stopping us are going to begin to shake at the very presence of Almighty God. Mountains move in the presence of Almighty God. James chapter 4, verse 7 and 8 is one of my favorite scriptures. It says, therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. Draw near to God, and he'll draw near to you. Now let's break that scripture down just for a second. Draw near to God, and He'll draw near to you. Oh Lord, rend the heavens and come down. Lord, I need you. I need your presence. I need your power. I need your person. Now the enemy's there trying to stop you. The enemy's there trying to interfere with you. The enemy's there trying to keep you from doing what God's called you to do. But when the presence of God comes down, how many understand God gets between you and the enemy that's trying to shut you down and stop you? Draw near to God and He'll draw near to you. I can't tell you how many times in my own life personally I've been in a, a dead-end situation. The, 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 one of the lines from one of the songs we sang today just stuck in my heart and my spirit. Uh, it, it said something to the regard of uh, the, the waves rage around me. Come on, amen. Amen. 
Have you ever been at that place where you feel like there's waves that are just raging around you? There's, there's obstacles, there's hindrances, there's barriers that are surrounding your life. Can't tell you how many times I've been there. But you know what always makes them waves go? See, I know the peace speaker. He stands in the bow of the boat and says, hey, wind. Hey, waves, chill out, calm down. And so when those wind and those waves begin to crash around, oh Lord, that you'd rend the heavens and that you'd come down. Draw near to God. Lord, Lord, that you'd just rend the heavens and that you'd just come down. God, I need you. God, I need your, your protection. I need your help, God. I need you to, to be the shield and the buckler that you promised to be. Oh, Lord, rend the heavens and come down. And just as quick as you say it, just as quick as you open up your heart and say, Lord, I need you. He'll never leave us and he'll never forsake us. He never turns his back. My baby girl came home this weekend. There's never been a time when that kid would say, Daddy! That daddy wouldn't move heaven and earth to get to her. She's my baby. I've got an old one. She's married to some hairy-legged dude. They got a kid. Bless God. I, you know, I gave her away to him. Broke her plates, right? For you that don't understand, that means she don't eat at my house anymore. I broke her plate. Anyway. <laughs> Honey, if you're watching today, Dave's just kidding. Come on down, I'll feed you. <laughs> but that one right there, that one right there, that's my baby. Come on. Come on. My mama passed away. I was 53 years old. And I was still her baby. Still her baby. However old I am, when the Lord takes me home, she'll still be my baby. Do you know you're God's baby? Does that make sense to anybody in this room today but me? He loves you so much that it simply takes a cry from one of His children's voices. Lord, I need your presence. And the Bible says He'll rend heaven and He'll come down. What happens when God's presence comes down? The mountains got to get out of the way. Another thing that happens when God's presence comes down, and that's this, nations will tremble before Him. Look with me at verse 2. Verse 2 says, As fire burns brushwood, and as fire causes water to boil, to make your name known among your adversaries, that the nations may tremble at your presence. Oh, that the nations would tremble again at the presence of Almighty God. As I was putting this word together and doing the study that the Holy Spirit brought before me, the study I did told me that there are 195 different recognized independent nations in the world today. 
with a world population of somewhere around 7.9 billion, with a B, billion people in the world. Do you know what one of the biggest struggles in those 7.9 billion and 195 different nations, different countries are today? And one of the biggest struggles between them is about the Lord God Almighty. Is He real? Who is He? Who do we serve? How do we serve Him? How do we worship? Uh, what does He look like? Was He created with human hands? Was He a statue in a, in a building someplace? People have gone to war over God. People have fought nation against nation against principles found in the Word of God. Whom we should serve, how we should serve Him. Is He simply some higher power? Is He that God that's found in a statue? Is He some God created by human hands? The truth is today that all the nations of the world are very still yet confused about God, who He is and what His intentions are. Again, even the United States of America, a nation that was founded on a belief in the Word of Almighty God, a nation that was established as one nation under God, has forsaken and forgotten God Almighty. The statistics show us that Christianity is on the decline. That is a hindrance and an indicator that there is a very confused idea in the United States of America about who God is and what His intentions are. I stand before you today as your pastor to declare this. It's time for another great awakening. It's time for another great awakening. Not simply a great awakening that sweeps the United States of America, but a great awakening that's worldwide. Oh yes, we need to become that one nation under God once again. Oh yes, we need our president to have a, a bedroom revelation. I pray daily for Jesus to show up in the bedroom of the president of the United States and the vice president of the United States and the speaker of the house that the presence of Almighty God would fall in their bedroom. <laughs> the scales would fall and that hearts would be open. I might have to get a bigger sweat rag. I forgot mine today. I'm fat and I sweat a lot, so y'all just bear with me. <laughs> Do you know our nation? Our nation sees that it's perfectly fine to murder a baby. To murder a baby, Brother Don. In the name of choice. Well, it's your body. You can do with it what you want to do, except when it comes to taking a vaccine. Sad. Our nation, our nation says that, you know, marijuana is legal and, and, and we ought to have more marijuana pot shops in Long Grove, Oklahoma than we do donut stores. I think we'd all be a lot happier if we had more donuts and less marijuana. <laughs> the nation that we live in. They're teaching our kids in our school systems to hate one another because of the color of their skin. Well, you're different than I am, so... 
because I was born white and you were born a different color than me, then, then I should be critical on myself. I should hate myself because you're different than I am. Listen, you cut me and I'm going to bleed red. You cut you and you're going to bleed red. I don't care what color your skin is. We're all God's children. We're all created in the sight of Almighty God. We're children of Almighty God created in His image. And there's so much hatred and division in the United States of America today. Lord, that you'd rend the heavens and that you'd come down. That your presence would flood, that would cover the earth. It's the only thing that's going to change hearts and lives and minds and souls and spirits. I can preach till I'm blue in the face. We, we can hold services every day of the week until Jesus comes back. But if the presence of God is devoid of it, we're the PTA or the Lions Club. Places like China and Russia and Libya and India need to know the truth about who God really is. See, my God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He doesn't want anyone to die and spend an eternity in a devil's hell. Hell was not created for humanity. It was created for Satan and all of the demonic spirits that would follow after him. The fact of the matter is, if people don't hear the truth about the Lord, if they don't come to the understanding of who God really is and what His intentions really are, then they're going to die and spend an eternity in hell. 7.9 billion people. Church, the only way it's going to change is through the presence of God. Numbers 14 and 21 says, But truly as I live... All the earth shall be filled with the glory of God. The glory of God is the presence of God for those of you that are questioning. You cannot separate the glory of God from the presence of God. And the book of Numbers says that the whole earth shall be filled with the presence or the glory of God. Listen, when His presence comes, the truth will be known and the nations will tremble. His presence will bring revelation knowledge. His presence will change the most hardened heart and it will cause scales to fall from us. When His presence shows up in the president's bedroom, it will change his heart. But there's got to be a cry. And there's got to be a passion. Lord, we need your presence. God, we don't need another outreach program. We don't need another uh, self-help book. God, we don't need another program on the television set. God, we don't need more theatrics. God, we don't need more entertainment from behind the pulpit. God, we need your presence. Rend heaven and come down. What happens when God's presence comes down? Mountains move. Nations tremble. And awesome things come to pass. Look with me at verse 3. Verse 3 says this, When you did awesome things for which we did not look, you came down and the mountains shook at your presence. How many understand our God's an awesome God? Man, that should be 100% amens in the rooms. Our God is an awesome God, right? Verse 3, Isaiah says that He's the God who did awesome things for which they did not look. God, You did awesome stuff. We weren't even looking for it, God. 
You did awesome stuff. To me, that means that God did some unexpected, unusual, awesome things. Unexpected, unusual, awesome things. Unexpected, unusual, awesome things. Like raising up dead people out of the parking lot. Like causing COVID to be lifted off the whole world. Like, oh, I don't know. (laughs) Supplying all of our needs according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Our God's a great big miracle working God. He is the God of the unexpected and the unusual. He is the God of the awesome. The awesome. In His presence are miracles, signs, and wonders. In His presence, awesome things come to pass. And church, if we're ever been at a place in time in history where we need awesome things to come to pass, it's now. I can't go a service without telling you that Jesus Christ is coming. I cannot go a service without telling you that His return is near at hand. Every sign that's in the newspaper, everything we hear on the television set, everything we hear on the radio, all of the the signs point to the soon return of Jesus Christ. I submit to you again this morning as your pastor, we're not waiting on another prophecy to be fulfilled. We're not waiting on another sign to come to pass. We're, We're not waiting on another scripture to be written to come to pass so that Jesus then can return. Everything is done that he said needed to be done. All the signs are fulfilled. We're not, we're not waiting on another shoe to drop. We're not waiting on another sign. Now we're waiting on a sound of the trumpet of Almighty God to sound in him to return. I'm not waiting on another sign. I'm waiting on a sound. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. He's coming for a bride without spot or blemish. He's coming for a bride who's watching and waiting. He's coming back for those whose names are written down in the Lamb's book of life. But the sad truth of all that is this. Those who do not know Him as Lord and Savior of their lives don't get to go. We were eating dinner in a restaurant last night. Saturday night? Friday night. Friday night. Thank you. Eating dinner in a restaurant Friday night, and the girls thought I was listening to them. But I really wasn't. Can anybody pay attention to two things at one time? They talk continually, and so if I just zone them out for a little bit, I can listen to other stuff. Does anybody ever listen to the conversation that's going on at the table next to you? Come on, raise your hands, you bunch of angels. I know, I know. Some conversations that go on at the tables next to us are too loud to not overhear. There was a man and a woman, he, I I don't know, he was a big guy, he had big arms and he had on a fireman t-shirt, so I don't know if he was a fireman. She had on nurse's scrubs and so she may have been a nurse and or an EMT or something like that. I don't know. Just their appearance, you know. But I was listening to their conversation. And he's loud. And he was getting louder by the minute with her. I don't believe in religion. I don't need religion. I don't want religion on my life. She was trying to convince him to go to church with her. 
She was talking to him about Jesus. She was talking to him about church. She, she said, it's changed my life. It, it's made a big difference in me. I don't care about religion. I don't want nothing to do with religion. I, I, I'm not going to church. And finally, she said the words that I was about to explode. <laughs> I was trembling inside. Vonda thought it was because they hadn't replaced my diet, Dr. Pepper. I, I was trembling inside because I was listening to the conversation going on behind me. Finally, I saw the little girl look at him in the eye and say, Listen, it's not really about religion anyway. It's about a relationship with Jesus. You don't have to have religion, but you're going to have to have a relationship. There's so many people, you guys... I'm going to land this plane in a little bit, I promise. There's so many people that are so lied to and so confused. And there's so many people that have been so church hurt in their life. They've been so told one thing and done something else. They've been so manipulated. They've been so church hurt that they don't want nothing to do with church been in ministry 20 plus years had a little church hurt in my own life you can't be the pastor of the church you can't have girls that grow up within your church and and not understand that you live in a fishbowl and and if you swim around and you do something wrong or or you turn your car upside down or <laughs> there's always going to be somebody but what about and they equate that with church. Yeah, come on. Church hurts the worst hurt. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Because those are the people, Sister Faith, that are supposed to love you the most. That's right. They accept me for who I am. They love me. They, they, they recognize that you know, I'm a brother in Christ or a sister in Christ. And so I love you just the way you are, right? Amen. And then when they hurt you, wow. Yeah. It's like a family hurt because that's what it is. And so many people in this old big old world have been church hurt. Yeah. And so many people in this big old world think that, that Christianity or, or, or serving God's about religion and it's about a building or it's about a pew or it's about a, a, a whatever. Something man has made it into. If we could come back to the realization that it's not about the hurt, it's not about somebody, it's not about a religion, but it's about a relationship with Almighty God. So many folks are so turned off by that. That if something doesn't change, if, if something doesn't get a hold of them, they're going to die and split hell wide open, right? That big old guy with the big arms and the fireman t-shirt. Listen, if he doesn't change and, and come to the revelation knowledge of a relationship with the Son of God, he's going to die and go to hell. Oh, Pastor, woo, easy, huh? Without salvation, people die and go to hell. But the truth is also this. Is that sometimes, I like this part, sometimes it's the awesome things that cause people to get saved. Sometimes it's the miracles and the signs and the wonders that draw people's attention to God. Not draw their attention to the church, not draw their attention to the preacher, but draw their attention to Almighty God. Amen. 
In the book of Acts chapter 5, verses 12 through 15, the Bible says it like this. And through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people. And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch, yet none of the rest dared join them. But God's people esteemed them highly, and believers increasingly added to the Lord multitudes of both men and women. So break it down. Get a hold of some of this. The presence of God would come down. He was with those people because they had a passion for the presence of God to be upon their lives. Those early apostles, those early disciples of Christ, they had been with Jesus and the world could look at them and tell that there was something different about them because they had spent time with Christ. And they had a passion for the presence of Almighty God. And the presence of God was with them and through the laying on of their hands, miracles and signs and wonders were happening. And as those miracle signs and wonders were happening, people were going, Shazam, what meaneth this? Something's going on around here. I don't know what it is, but surely God must be with them. Surely it's the presence of God that's on them for these miracle signs and wonders to be coming to pass. And it drew people's attention. And they got saved. I've got to read this exactly how I wrote it because it doesn't make any sense any other way. The curious became convinced and the convinced became converted. The curious become convinced and the convinced become converted. Think about it just for a second, okay? Y'all are looking at me like a cow looking at a new gate. We have a great fire department here in Lone Grove, Oklahoma. I, I see them helping with wrecks and you know fires and grass fires, and they're hardworking men. They they take care of our county, they take care of our area, they take care of our region really well. And I'll be the first to confess that when a fire truck comes by my house, I like to hop in the truck and go see where they're going. Does anybody else in this room like your pastor? Uh -uh, No, I'm staying either way. I don't want to know. Sometimes you want to know what's going on, right? Where's the fire? Where's the fire? You know, back in the 80s when I was a little boy, you have to be very cautious about saying back in the 80s when I was a little boy now because some people could say, you know, back in the 80s when I was a little girl. Anyway. (laughs) There was a lady that would come on a television set for Wendy's and say, where's the beef? (laughs) Where's the beef? Let's write that down. You know, I just knew, I just knew that when all the fire trucks came to the church and they were hooked up the shock pads on Hubert McGahan and he was laying in that parking lot dead in a hammer and they began to, to energize him and bring life back into his body. 
I just knew the word would spread wide and far. People would hear about a man being raised from the dead. Well, that was because they were hooking him up to, to the, the jumper cables and they jumped him back to life. No, it was not. It was because his church family gathered. We had just left an encounter with the presence of Almighty God and we gathered around him. Joey Burns laying in the parking lot with Hubert's head in his lap going, Come on, Hubert, breathe. Don't you know people got word of that? Them old boys that worked on him, that that came over, the the guys in the the helicopter. (laughs) He don't remember it, but I crawled up in that helicopter with him before they took off. And he said, I'm okay, Pastor. (laughs) He don't remember much of that. I just knew word would get out. I just knew people would say, the power of God. What's it going to take? What's the miracle sign and wonder? I don't know. But I do know this. People will be drawn by the presence of Almighty God. And the only way they can be changed and transformed and saved is by the presence of God. They get curious. And then that curiosity turns into, man, I'm convinced. I heard about what God could do. I heard about the power. I heard about the miracle signs and wonders. I heard about what happened in His presence. And now I'm sure that He can do all of that stuff. Now may my life be converted. I'm a true believer and I'm a true follower. All from a cry for God to rend the heavens and come down. What happens when God comes down? Awesome things happen. Sister Julie, would you come help your pastor bring your team? I'm convinced. I'm convinced today that we need the presence of God more than we need the next two minutes of our lives. If you... Wow. I'll preach better tonight if y'all will come back. If you'd been told you had five minutes, you, you've got five minutes to live, how would you want to spend that last five? How? Well, I want, a, I want a steak and a baked potato. And How would we spend our last five minutes? I would want to go from His presence here to His presence there. That your presence would come down. Rend the heaven. Rip heaven open, Lord. Come down. Heads bowed and eyes closed, please. Precious Father, Almighty God, how we need You. Lord, how we need You. 
more than the air that we breathe, more than the food that we eat. More than life itself, God, we need you. We need your presence, Lord, to come down. We need your presence in this room every time we meet together. And Lord, we need your presence every moment of every day of every life. Walk with us, lead us, guide us, direct us. We need your presence. Your presence is what keeps us alive. And without it, Lord, we die. We die. Lord, I'm asking you, if there's anyone here today that doesn't know you, Lord, soften their hearts. God, reveal to them that it's more than a religion. It's it's about relationship. If they don't have a relationship with your son, may, may today be the day that they begin that relationship. Oh Lord, rend the heavens and come down. Move mountains. God, there's my, my family, my friends, my brothers, my sisters. They are my family in this room today. And many of them are facing mountains. Obstacles that they didn't even know about. God, I pray today that your presence comes down and moves those mountains. Shake them and break them, Lord. Do awesome things. Things that we didn't even expect, Lord. So that revelation knowledge can come into people's hearts and minds and spirits. Lord, work miracles on behalf of your people that it'll draw attention. It'll create a curiosity that people may become convinced. That people may become converted. Lord, I trust you today. In all that you do and who you are, now have your way. Please, Lord. Please, O Lord. Please, O Lord. Jesus' name. Please, with heads bowed, with eyes closed, just for a second. He loves you. I cannot overstate or say it enough. I cannot say it strong enough to the degree of the love of God that He has for you. You are precious. You're special. You're unique. You're a chosen generation. You're a royal priesthood. That's how God sees you. Man lies and tells us all sorts of degrading things about us, but that's not who you are. Man doesn't get to define you. Man did not create you. God created you. You're created in His image. You're special and precious in His eye. He loves you so much, He sent His only Son to die for you. That whoever would believe in Him wouldn't have to perish. You don't have to die eternally. But you can have everlasting, eternal life. If you're in this room right now and you would say, 
Man, pastor, I need Jesus. I need Jesus. I need a Savior. If you're here today and you need a Savior, not a religion, but a relationship, if that's you, would you lift a hand anywhere in this room? Pastor, that's me. Anyone at all? I just want to pray with you, friend. I don't want to make you uncomfortable or uneasy. I just want to pray with you. Congregation, would you stand with me today? Football season has came and gone. My brother Chasen has a team that he roots for and I have a team that I root for and they aren't the same team. I can tell you that he has a passion for the team that he roots for and I have a passion for the team that I root for. But as much as I try to persuade him, I can't change him to to what is obviously the right choice. And he ain't going to change me either. Why did you say that, Pastor? Well, because I can stand here and sweat and snot bubble and cry. Pour my heart out to you about how we need to have a passion for God's presence. But if you don't have your heart set on that, if you don't don't have a desire for that yourself, no amount of words I say is going to change that. Nothing I can do is going to persuade you to, oh man, may my passion for God increase. You know, I believe all of us have a passion for God or you wouldn't be here. I I believe that. But I also believe that there's never a stopping place. I love my wife. But I love her more today than I did 33 years ago when I met her. It's grown. It, It continues to increase. That should be our passion for God's presence. It should grow and continue to increase. That's the reason why I give you an opportunity every service. Just to hang out with Him. Just to meet with Him. Just to spend time talking to Him. Because the more time you spend with Him, the greater your passion is going to grow. So why don't we do that this morning? Come find your place at the front. Or make an altar where you're at. But please, friends, don't leave until you spend time with the Lord.
I will pursue you, 
substitute nothing counterfeit 
not the invention of man, not the creation of man. We need you. Lord, there's things that that only can happen when you'll rend heaven and come down. There's things that can only happen in your presence. God, we need we need you. Our nation, this world, your church, your bride, we need you. Father, I pray over every set of ears, every heart, every home, every family. Walk with us this day. Bring us back together tonight. That we might glean from your word, grow in your word. That you may receive the glory. We ask all of it in the anointed, amazing, awesome name of Jesus. Amen. I love you guys. God bless.